episode of Rising Tide. The purpose of Rising Tide is to educate, heal, and empower by bringing on the world's most brilliant minds and purest souls. So I am extremely grateful to have another Rising Tide in the building, uh, David Simons. Uh, he is a Facebook ad specialist, a best-selling author, and what else, or how do you describe yourself? Yeah, uh, a, a mediapreneur. So I, I have a, <laughs> a, a media. I've always been involved in media-based businesses. I run Kingdom Social Media, see the brand, um, and we we do digital marketing for influential leaders. So I've always been involved in media, and I don't think I'll ever leave the realm of media and utilize it to help people. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking your time to come on the podcast today and be a rising tide. Uh, you did just touch on it briefly, uh, but if you could just start by just telling the people just who you are, what it is that you do, and how you got started in what you're doing. Great, great. Chris, uh, first of all, it's an honor to have to be on your show. Thank you for having me on. Truly appreciate that sincerely. Um, and uh, so I always start with my, my story, my background. Um, and my background starts uh, in the household that I grew up. I grew up in a very strict household. My parents are from Ghana, West Africa, and uh, we were given four options, lawyer, doctor, engineer, accountant. That's it. Like that was all that was respected. Anything else, if you wanted to become anything else, uh, that was, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't in the cards. So I was supposed to be the entrepreneur. I mean, uh, the engineer, because I am an entrepreneur. I was supposed to be the engineer. My brother was supposed to be the doctor. And going into uh, high school, you know, being very transparent, I, I believe in transparency. Um, you know, my parents divorced at 12. And, you know, sometimes when you're going through life, you don't realize an eff the effect of uh, something on, on you till later. So my grades were affected. I didn't realize that my confidence was affected. And it's showing up externally and i'm not realizing it's something internally and so by my junior year of high school um you know there's this pressure to succeed and and i wasn't doing so well and i basically crack into the system and uh i changed my grades uh one grade specifically in my english class which is actually was my best subject but i wasn't doing so well i was getting a d i cracked into the system changed it from a d to a b and um I was expelled from from my high school. And if you, you know, as you know, for going to college, that's your most important year is your junior year. And um, is, so I failed that. And there's a whole bunch of other things. I was a knucklehead. I got into a lot of trouble. I got into a lot of things. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't planned for me to be where I am today. And as by the grace of God that I am uh, because I got into a lot of trouble, but I'm shortening it. Um, we. Uh, eventually get to I get to college miraculously I get into college mechanical engineering major uh, freshman year was fine second year I'm like you know what I hate this so I write my mom a letter because I, I knew I wouldn't be able to even get a word out and have a conversation and explain to her that I'm going to go into this thing called digital media and this is 2005 2006 nobody even knows what that word is and I'm using digital media to help friends of mine who are on I'm sure you remember the MySpace days you know, all of that. I was using MySpace for fun. I was just helping friends of mine who were musicians, artists, creatives, and helping them grow their fan base and get their music out and getting their, their content out to people. And I didn't know this would be the industry. I had no idea. I was just following something that I thought was fun. It was passion. I was passionate about. And I, I did that. 
and I uh, started to help small small businesses. And I did that for fun. I did that for free. And then uh, the door opened to work for a company called TerraCycle, the world's leader in upcycling and recy- recycling, traditionally non-recycling, recyclable items like this. So this cliff bar wrapper could get turned into a little uh, bin here, or they took they take trash and turn it into products. So I managed the digital marketing for them for four and a half years. I managed all their um, all the U.S. and uh, twenty other twenty six other countries. All our digital marketing. So we're talking Frito Lay, Kraft, Huggies, all the big CPG companies, um, Fortune five hundred companies, and uh, I got to learn a lot. And then from there, I left. Uh, corporate America, or I like to say, uh, 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 the truth is, I got launched. I was let go in my four, four and a half years in, and I built the business, Kingdom Social Media, where uh, today we serve um, influential leaders, so speakers, trainers, coaches, consultants, athletes, small businesses, and all kinds of things. We work with NBA, NFL, very variety of people over the years. But that's the story in the nutshell, who I am, what I do, uh, very briefly, but, you know, as much as I can, try to give some of the detail. So let me ask you, um, it's called Kingdom Social Media? Yes, sir. So what are some of the main problems that your customers come to you with? Great question. So most people have a few problems. First problem is their <clears throat> their in person greatness does not reflect their uh, does not reflect online. So they may be amazing. You could be the and this this goes true for a lot of things. You could be the most amazing speaker. You could be the most amazing. Um, I don't know trainer. Most amazing make the best cakes in the world. But if nobody knows that online then they don't know it. You know, that's the way we live in today. So they don't have an online presence. So somebody might have um, a a great business or, or even a business they're building up. But the point is, we today, we look at, we look at things. If, if you're not showing up online, if you're not pulling up on Google, if you're not on these social platforms, you don't exist in the mind of the consumer. So that's the first step we help people with is understanding um, where they need to be online presence wise and having an online presence and, 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 a, and a consistent online presence. The second problem that I often see is that people utilize social media, they're using it, but they're just getting engagement. Engagement's great. But I mean, if I asked you the question, Chris, would you rather have a thousand likes or a thousand dollars? A thousand dollars, right? But people are going after a thousand likes. I'm like, well, in business, you need sales. So I always say like likes don't pay the bills. You know, I can't go into the bank and say, Facebook, uh, I got a thousand Facebook likes or a thousand Instagram likes. Can I get can I get some money out of the bank? No, it would never work. So the 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 key is um, helping people understand they need to build systems. That's where we we really help people. Um, and we had a kind of conversation a little bit before we started the interview about you know, you funnels and stuff like that. So funnels, ads, taking people through a, a proven process. McDonald's doesn't, I would say this, McDonald's doesn't make the best burger in the world, yet they sell the most burgers, right? Uh, they, they make the most money. Why? Their systems are flawless. Their systems are flawless. So they can bring in anybody to come in and work their system. 
And most business people uh, today don't, especially online, don't have the systems needed to generate revenue on demand, and they don't have the systems needed to draw in leads and sales. So that's the second problem we solve is making sure that a person has the right systems and understands that you know, generating leads is more important than generating engagement. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other problems, but those are the top two. No, that makes uh, a lot of sense. And I like um, asking these type of questions because lead listeners might be listening and not even realize that they could be in need of your services or that you could have the solution to their problem until they hear it spoken in a context in which they could relate to. So that's why I ask those questions. And I have follow-up questions. So what are some of the challenges that most people have when it comes to having a consistent online presence uh, and then also challenges that they are having when it comes to either being aware of systems or implementing the actual systems. Great. Because I know like when it comes to like the funnel, like it was a struggle and it took a lot of willpower. It took a lot of time uh, to get through it. Um, I'm actually happy that I overcame that obstacle because I felt like a few years ago, I would have probably just looked at the mountain like, oh, that's too high, and then probably just turned around or just sat there or just whatever. Uh, but in your experience, sorry, uh, what are some of the challenges when it comes to that? Yeah, uh, well, well, kudos to you, Chris, uh, for getting that done. It's, it's no joke. Uh, funnels and ads and systems, they're, they're, they're a piece of work, honestly. Um, but what I would say... Uh, from a consistent standpoint <clears throat> is this, that the things we admire, I think we have to remember something that the things we admire, the brands we admire, right? You got the marathon hat on, right? We, you know, a- a- admire Nipsey Hussle or admire someone that's of, uh, you know, a certain caliber, right? They've achieved a certain amount. What what, what they all have in common, The the one of my favorite speakers is Eric Thomas, right? Uh, E.T., the hip hop preacher. Um, what, what they all have in common is their consistency. And it's a maniacal consistency. It's it's meaning like, like I also watch Shark Tank, right? So Shark Tank, Shark Tank comes on at nine on Fridays. Friday every and it has for the last 10 or 12, 11 seasons they're they're on now when you watch Shark Tank it's the same formula every single time it comes on you you present okay we have now now coming into the tank we have this, these these uh entrepreneurs seeking to get an investment right I can almost 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 spitball the exact phrase right they come in with the same thing the 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 um, judges or the the investors, the sharks, they look at it, look at the business and examine things. Now, that level of consistency is what draws people to a show. It's the same level of consistency that draws people to a, a Nipsey Hussle, a Eric, Temp, a Eric Thomas, a Beyonce, whoever. <clears throat> Their consistency, we're drawn to that. So if we can learn that lesson in our presence online, that it really boils down to a consistent presence, whether you do and you can choose whether it's going to be a podcast, whether it's going to be a social media, uh, a site, uh, Facebook, a LinkedIn, a Twitter, a Instagram, whatever it is, you can choose and pick your consistency. Because I always say this, it's better to be consistently good than inconsistently great. It's better to be consistently good than inconsistently great, because what happens 
is when you're wow. when you're when you have this amazing content one day and then all of a sudden for two weeks we don't see you that's worse than having you know hey this is good it's not the greatest content but we're consistent you're going to dominate and beat the person that doesn't so i always say that consistency is is truly the key to success online uh, from a pre- presence standpoint so you got to have that um, and pick your consistency. The second thing is the And that was a of, bar too, bro. I just want to yeah. give you your kudos, man. It's better to be consistently good than to be inconsistently great. I had to write that one down. That was a bar. <laughs> oh, thanks, bro. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So um, the, the, the next part of your question is more about the, uh, the, the funnels and the systems and all those things and how can um, about about building it. Right. Like why? Why should one have those things in place and how can they put it in place? Um, and the challenges that they have when they're trying to implement. Let's just say I'm trying to do it on my own and I'm trying to. Right. Like the next step after I built the funnel is to try to do Facebook ads and all that stuff like that. So I'm just trying to do it on my own. What are the roadblocks ahead, I guess? Okay. Yes. So uh, the truth is that you're going to have, you know, challenges with building a funnel. And um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a process to learn. It's just like, I I look at it from this standpoint. Um, You can either, you know, you should learn and learn it enough to know how to do it. And then um, get to a point where you learn enough to know how to delegate it. So if you get to the point where you say, you know what? Okay, I've learned it. I I realize I don't want to spend my time on this personally. I think a person needs to evaluate. And this is why they'll bring in an organization like mine or another organization to come in and do it for them because they understand their time could be better spent. So I always always tell entrepreneurs and, and, and business people to find your number, meaning how much is your time worth per hour, right? So uh, if if your if your time is worth, let's just say your time is worth um, two hundred dollars an hour, then if that task of of doing this is going to take you to do the funnel, but so again, put aside that person should learn it initially, but if a person is going to you know use that first. Uh, after they've realized, you know what, this is not for me, then they use it and then it's four or five hours you've spent. So four or five hours, let's just say you put five hours in, that's $1,000 worth of your time, uh, where if you spend $1,000 to have somebody do it and they do it and they're gonna do it 10 times better or five times or even two times better, then it's worth it, in my opinion, to bring another company or someone else to re- bring a re- be a resource. But when, you, when you're building a funnel, there's so many layers. You have to understand that, that there's a psychology behind it first. So there's the tech part, but what's more important is the psychology. How does one person that doesn't know my product, doesn't know myself, doesn't know my business, you know, how do I draw them in to come to from an ad or to the page and learn about what I have in a way that speaks to their pain point, uh, tells them I have a solution, builds credibility, builds trust. So there's copywriting, there's psychology. Um, I, I also, I also forget, always forget to tell, share this, but I also am an adjunct professor at Temple University. And I have a, a, a wow. class that I teach social media marketing. And this is one of the books I have my students read. It's called The Choice Factory by Richard Schotten. And there's 25 behavioral biases that influence how we buy, right? 
and, and there's probably more, but the book talks about many of them. One of them is, you know, we, we social proof, right? So, oh, I've seen this, you know, why this person does this or why this person does that. Um, there's the pain of payment, right? So, I mean, we can go on and on. I can go on and on about that, all that kind of stuff, but the pain of payment, right? So that's, that's why Amazon is so successful. They understood and studied the pain of payment. That's why if you go to Amazon, they make sure your information is saved. And they were like the first ones to do it. One click sale, you, you have your thing. You don't even see the money. You don't even think about it. You're just purchased and it goes through because they understand if you see the money, when you, you if you have cash and you're gonna buy something, you feel it. But when you're using a card and it's seamless, it uses your Apple Pay, you're using your your uh, uh, your funnel. This is why funnels are good too, because you put your information in and everything goes seamless. So the only thing they got to do is just keep clicking the next exactly, little button. Exactly. Wow. So psychology is a big part of it. So there's a lot of underlying factors that one has to understand with funnels and and sales online. And then there are the technical pieces, right? Drag and drop. How do I put this? Where should I put this? Where's the placement? Copywriting. What's the text that should go in the header? What's the text that should go in here to in the body to convert convert somebody? So there's that component, right? So once you got all that done, um, you know, there's the challenges of uh, building the funnel, there's a technical piece. So you got to go through and I recommend ClickFunnels out of all the different ones. There's a lot of different software out there. ClickFunnels, in my opinion, is the best. They have the... Um, they just have a, a really clear roadmap for for you through the whole process. Second thing uh, is the ads, right? So you've got to draw people, and 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 the truth is, right now the best advertising opportunity online is online or offline is Facebook slash Instagram advertising. Why? There's a couple of reasons. You have over six hundred targeting options with Facebook and Instagram ads. It is scary. But the way that they can target and pinpoint a person, you can't do that in any other format. They know when you're likely to move. They know when you're uh, just got engaged. They know when you you know you have a, um, uh, you, you're a high spender or you like you click on certain things. They know whether you click and open things. They know how long you view something. It's crazy. The data they have. It's scary from a consumer standpoint, but it's amazing from a marketing standpoint. And so I always share with people that that is that alone should be a reason why you use it. Secondly. It's cheaper than any other method when you break it down. So the cost to reach, I'll just give a few examples. The cost to reach people on radio, uh, if you break it down, to reach 1,000 people would cost you about $32 to reach 1,000 people. Uh, TV would cost you about $16 or so. Um, and, and then so on goes, it drop, the list drops down. So... Per, per so if you think about it to reach a thousand people would cost you that much to reach a thousand people on facebook is 25 cents when you break it, the math all the way down now what does reach mean reach is equivalent to somebody knocking on doors so if i knocked on 1000 doors and you know there are services and companies out there if you were to knock on 1000 doors you would pay a lot more than 25 cents. You were paying at least 500 to to $1,000 to get your mess. I probably way more than that. I'm probably under undervaluing it. But that's the point of what I'm trying to sh uh, showcase is when people understand, oh, Facebook's so expensive. Well, try try knocking on 1,000 doors yourself. Try, try a TV ad. <laughs> try, a, try a radio ad. 
When you think about it, and then they're not able to target as well either. You can now target specifically to who you want, wherever they are, in a in a fashion that will um, uh, uh, get your ideal target market in front of you. So that's the key there. Um, when they're and, saying Facebook marketing, and not to cut you off, uh, yeah. please remember your point. Yeah. Uh, when they say on Facebook uh, ads are too expensive, what are what are they saying? Like on average, how much are people spending? For a new person or whatever, how much on would you suggest would be the starting, like no less than a certain amount, but also probably no more than this amount starting out? Great question. So when you're starting out, I mean, there's so many um, philosophies to this, but but honestly, 500 a month is what I would very bare minimum, bare minimum. I, why? It's a system. So what people understand about Facebook ads, it's not, it's a, it's a system that operates. So you can start off with like $10 a day, but what, what, when you understand the system is going to work and get, get better and improve, uh, the, the more you use it, um, 70% of Facebook advertising is understanding how Facebook's ad system works and not disrupting the giant. 30% is the technical know-how of the advertising components. So most people get it. When you're saying not disrupting the giant, sorry, I'm just trying to make sure yeah. I'm keeping up. You're talking yeah. about the algorithm that people will be yes. talking about, like when algorithm changes. Okay. Yes. For example, a small one, but it makes, it makes a big difference. A person's ad account, make sure that you, as best as possible, you don't get ads rejected. Facebook literally has a system that, recognizes how many ads a person's got rejected. And obviously certain things you can't control, but do your best not to get ads rejected because it, it plays into how much your ads will be shown. Uh, another example, don't launch an ad at night. Their system operates best in what the way their system works is you set up your ads in the morning. Monday mornings are a better time to launch an ad than say a Sunday night or in that, believe it or not, that has an impact on your ad. Um, uh, disrupting and making changes. So somebody says, "Oh, this is this ad is working amazing. I'm gonna I'm, I'm spending twenty dollars a day. I'm gonna move it to fifty dollars a day." You you make a quick shift and you say, "I want to move it to fifty dollars a day." You just as as simple uh, common sense would say, "Oh, you know, no, normal logic would say, okay, I'm just gonna double. I'm gonna increase the spend. I'm gonna get more." Um, more more leads or more sales if I double my spend immediately, but Facebook system works if you if you don't if you don't adhere to like a twenty to twenty five percent increase meaning uh, twenty to twenty five percent of your ad spend. So if you're spending twenty dollars a day, you don't want to increase it too much. You want to increase it gradually, slowly by a certain percentage. Otherwise, you're disrupting again. What, I, what I'm talking about disrupting the giant. Their system, their, their, it doesn't work like that. It looks like, okay, this person must be trying to gain the system. That's why they're, they're, they're and, and that, I know that sounds contrary because you think Facebook will want more money. Yes, they want more money, but they want, they want things done according to their system. So when you spend and you just, I've seen it happen. People just ramp up their spend. They're actually, their ad doesn't do as well. Um, you've got to be cautious how you do that. So, um, it's a very delicate system. And when you understand that it helps you to, helps you to flourish. No, that's, uh, that's powerful. So tell me some of like, 
how did you i know you kind of got into it a little bit in the beginning but when it comes to like the facebook ads and everything how did you acquire the mass of knowledge that you have today what are some of the the challenges did you ever question whether you know this was a route for you or like why am i doing this and all that stuff like that what was like when they say it's like darkest before the dawn what was like that moment for you man Great question, Chris. Um, so there's a couple moments. Um, I've always been a marketer. I feel like uh, from a from a kid to, to today, I mean, I've had lemonade stands. I had a record label in high school. I had, uh, you know, man, and, and a record label in college. Uh, I was in, you know, mar- multi-level marketing when I was like 18 or 19 in Primerica Financial Services. I got a lot. I learned a lot from that. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. So um, I used to, I also used to burn CDs. Everybody, if anybody remembers those, the, the CDs where you had blank CDs and you sell, you record mixes and stuff like that. So it's, it's a mindset, honestly. Um, and the pivotal turning point, Facebook ad wise, uh, digital marketing ads wise was, was in college when my last name is Simons and most people say Simmons. So Simmons is M S I M M O N S. Right. So here I am in college in my dorm room. I'll never forget. I'm watching, I'm on Facebook. I see this ad and the ad says it's a t-shirt and the t-shirt says it's Simons, not Simmons with two M's. I said, wow. This is a game changer. I just knew. I said, there is no way. How did they do that? Like, the, so the ad came to me, right, with my last name. And then in the bottom, I could see all the likes, all the like. This is not allowed anymore. Facebook caught on to this. But, but, but uh, on the bottom, all these people that had the last name Simons had liked the post and shared and said, I'm buy- I didn't buy a shirt. I, I wish I did. Um, but, but the point is, I knew right then and there, this system is out of this world and I need to be a part of it. So um, from then on, I, I just increased my knowledge about Facebook. And I can say, honestly, initially, I didn't, I was more on the social media marketing side as a whole. And then I really, really got uh, uh, dove into ads more 2014, 2015, 2016, invested into different programs, spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn, learn this myself. So um, I've, I've been trained by some of the greatest uh, advertisers um, in, in, in the game. I started off with a guy um, uh, uh, named Mark, uh, I forgot his last name, um, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul Xavier and Mark Ford. Uh, they, they were really instrumental in my development uh, now I work with, uh, you know, um, I'm a part of Billy Jean's programs. I'm a part of um, uh, Cat Howell. Uh, some of these, some of these people are the top advertisers in the world. So I'm, I believe in, you know, aligning myself, and, and I believe anyone should. You want to get poured into by the best, so you can become the best as possible. Um, so um, that's that was. So the I would like to also and. Again, not to cut you off, uh, yeah. but it's tied to what you were just saying. So please yeah. remember your point, what you're about to say. But I also like to ask uh, the people that come on here uh, that question. You kind of vaguely answered it, but more specifically, if you could uh, quantify it, how much would you say you've actually spent in your personal development over the years? Whoa. Whoa, that's a tough question. Um, I'd say, man, 
I spend a lot on that stuff. Um, and it don't got to be an exact number, just like a yeah. figure. Okay. Well, I can say, and this is not my whole life, probably the last six years, at least 50000 At least. At least. Because I've noticed that, like, and I've even, I had struggled with this for the majority of my life. Thank God the last few years it has shifted. Uh, mm -hmm. But I would always try to get information for free. I would mm -hmm. always just try to either download torrents or do all these other stuff for free. And it's something different when you actually pay and when you're actually mm -hmm. investing your money and putting your own thing into it. It's like a different feeling. You take the information more serious. You process it a little bit more. So can you talk to, to the people a little bit on why you invest so much in yourself, yeah. time, energy, and money? Absolutely. Well, you know, the principle is this. When you're invest, you're you're invested. When you pay, you pay attention. And 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 there's so much more that comes from it um, because you're you're psychologically. I mean, money is I believe time is way more infinitely valuable than money. But but your time, you think about a thousand dollars or whatever it is that accumulates to the time you spent to get that. So um, you're investing your time, your energy, your money, your resource. And and what happens is you psychologically it, it's 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 going to it's going to uh, settle with you that, OK, wow, well, you know, I've, I've put this in. I better get this out. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm putting this in just like the stock market. I'm putting it in. I'm, I'm expecting it out. So and it's just I believe in the principle of seed time and harvest. Right. So. It's when you put a seed in the ground, you give it time, and then you get a harvest. So that money's going to come back to me. It may not come back to me how uh, uh, maybe instantly, but it but it will come back to me, and it, it usually brings friends, right? So um, here's the other part I've learned is that uh, when you when you when you invest at a certain level, um, you can charge at that level. Because mm, you, that's you, another bar, you know, when, when you in, I, I can I can easily charge somebody five thousand dollars because I've easily paid five thousand dollars for, you know, I can I can charge high level amounts. And, and, and some people consider, you know, high level 10, 20. So it's been on their level. Right. So whatever you've invested, you can charge that amount because you've already paid that amount. You feel confident about it. you. You deserve to charge that amount. Right. So and you feel internally and I believe there's spiritual laws. Right. So if I, I, I can't get out what I didn't put in. Right. So if I've been able to do that for someone else, then I should feel comfortable for someone else to do that and pour, um, come back to me. And, and I teach my students that all the time as well. Um, uh, you know, your value, you know, put the value on it that it deserves. But understand you had to invest to get that to that value. No, that's facts. And even my business coach, Donnie Wiggins, uh, she says the exact same thing. So that kind of ties into what we had talked about earlier, where the importance of discovering your gift. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So as I, as I mentioned, I was a knucklehead, man. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast just just talking about all the stupid things that I did. I mean, I, I've made some, some terrible mistakes, but I don't have any regrets because they shaped me into the person I am today. Well, you, you wouldn't know just, you know, talking to me now that that I was I was at 18 facing a felony. 
charge, uh, getting ready to almost be locked up for six years for something I didn't really understand. I didn't even know. Just somebody give me a check. I thought I didn't I didn't know. And uh, here I am. I'm finding myself in a, in, a, in a holding cell, getting ready to do. And I just turned 18 six days before. You know, um, so stupid decisions, stupid, stupid things that I made a part of my life and your friendships, right? Who's around you, who you surround yourself that has that has a big impact on your decisions. So I made some stupid mistakes. But but one one thing that I can say is that uh, all of it has worked together to help me shape me into who I am today. And 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 now that's given me a desire and a hunger to I believe that when you've fallen into a ditch, it's your job to make sure other people don't fall into those same ditches. So I'm trying to go back and help young men and women, um, young people. Uh, obviously, being being a black man, I, I have I'm, I'm partial to help black young black men and and see them succeed as well. Um, and so I'm constantly mentoring and I'm constantly pouring back out. And I said, you know, what's the biggest difference that one can make in their life? Or what's the biggest thing that could make a difference in one's life? And I believe it's understanding your gift. Your gift is uh, it's a God-given thing that you you didn't create it. You didn't decide to be, uh, you know, whatever your gift is. You didn't decide it. It's already in you. It's like it's it's born with you. So, for example, one of my mentors uh, passed away. Dr. Miles Monroe says the, um, the you know the swim is in the fish, right? The bark is in the dog. It's it's that it's that ingrained in you. It, you were born with it. And so, I have a desire, strong desire, to see people operating in their gifts full out. And there's three phases that I believe are important to operating in one's gifts. The first part is discovering the gift. You got to discover what it is. You go through experimental things. You know, you try different things. You try, you try sports, you try arts, you try uh, marketing, whatever it is, just expose yourself. And I don't think as parents, young parents, people don't expose their kids to enough stuff. And I'm, I'm thankful that my parents did try to put different things. And that's what I would advise young people um, is if your parents didn't expose you, start exposing yourself to stuff. Um, you know, try different things. You might find you have a knack for writing. You didn't even know it's there. You might have a knack for um, encouraging people, motivating people. I, obviously, one thing I can already tell from Chris, from you, is uh, you're a great listener, right? So listening is a gift. And sometimes school doesn't teach you these things, right? They just point out a system of for you to excel in specific uh, subjects. But there be time behind those subjects, there's an affinity. Why is a person drawn to history? Maybe they have have a, a, a thirst for some type of knowledge or wisdom. Maybe there's a wisdom gift. Why is somebody drawn to math? Maybe they're logical and they, they're very, you know, strategic. They don't point out the most important thing, in my opinion, is what is that gifting that's on the inside that you can do so easily that it doesn't take any effort. And my, one of my other mentors says, he says, Del Torre says, it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. So Thanks. the problem is, most people don't have anybody to tell them, hey, I see this gift in you. You're doing this so easily. You need to nurture that. So the next step is the, the development. So you develop that gift into mastery and develop that gift, whether it's so one of my gifts is 
is encouraging and, and speaking and teaching. I'm, I'm a teacher at heart. I love to teach information and share information. So when I do these Facebook ads workshops and I do all these things, yes, I learned some skills. Those are skills, Facebook ads, all these things. There's not my, I wasn't born with the gift of Facebook ad, ad, ad development. It wasn't even around when I was born. But my point is I use my skills or my and my gifts and I tie them in together. But but the gifting is the thing that you can do just effortlessly. And I didn't know. So that's why I take it back to 18. I was misguided because I didn't realize the potential that I had in me. I didn't realize what I was naturally gifted at. And so I hated that knowing knowing that I had this potential and I didn't use it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take this same thing that I did not utilize and help other people learn their what their gifts are faster than I did. And so I created a mixtape called, and it's on Spotify, it's called uh, The Purpose Gift Tape. And you can get it free. And it's um, it's seven tracks that goes into detail of this whole process of gift discovery and the importance of it. And um and so that's the second phase, the development. You have to develop the gift, you know, and and and, and you said that uh mixtape was called the the gift tape? Uh the purpose gift tape. Yep. The purpose gift. I'm gonna check you out. Yep. It's got some nice uh hip hop beats over it, me talking over the beats. And um, yeah, love love for your feedback on it once you get a chance to check it out. Uh, and then the last last step is distribution, right? So what good is a gift if you don't market it? So you've got to market your gift. You, you know, you got to get your gift out there, out there to the masses. And, it, and, and, and you can't be shy about it because tied to your gift is other lives, right? People, when you, when you walk in your gift, I look at it like a tree, right? A tree has fruit. And the purpose of the tree is for the person to eat the fruit from the tree. And if I have fruit on my tree, um, and here's the truth, a lot of people don't understand that it's okay. Some people aren't going to want the fruit on your tree. There's tree, there's, there's, let's say Chris is an orange tree and I'm an apple tree. There are people that are going to need Chris's oranges and my apples, but some people are going to just need the oranges. And some people can only get what they need in their life when Chris is operating in his gift. And, and here's a, here, here's a crazy statement, but I believe this wholeheartedly. When a person is not operating in their gift, this is when people who were supposed to fulfill their potential actually get into trouble, like myself, right? When people aren't operating in their gift, that's when suicides happen. That's when that's that's why rapes and 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 violence, because this kid who was supposed to learn something from a David, from a Chris, who or, or I know we're operating in ours, but let's assume we didn't. If we didn't operate in our gift, that person, because I believe just like the tree, is that fruit is only for that person. So when that person doesn't operate in their gift, they're actually hindering somebody else from operating in theirs. And it's a cycle. And there have been people in the past and the people in the present that are not operating in, in their gifts. And therefore, they're not able to pass that down to other people. And that's what I believe. I believe the all crime, all hatred, all, all the stuff we experience in the world is very simply from a lack of purposelessness. They don't know their purpose and they don't know the purpose because they don't know their gift. And I know that it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but that's, that's why I, um, that's my, my life's mission, man, is to help people discover and develop and distribute their gifts to the world. 
No, I definitely feel you uh, as far as walking in purpose. And even King Solomon says, without a vision, people perish. That vision, I believe he was referring to, was purpose. Yes. Um, talk to me about this uh, business in a box intensive. Yeah. So a buddy of mine, Ryan McCreary, shout out to Ryan. We uh, do a uh, an intensive online. We used to do it in person. We've been doing it over a year now, helping businesses come in. As you talked about, a lot of people struggle with the funnel and the and the ad component. And what we do is we give people not just the blueprint, we actually help you and uh, put this whole piece in place on the spot from for in a in a full day uh, environment online through Zoom, uh, where we encourage you to have, you know, talk about, you know, you send us a form so it gives us data and information so that we can um implement and put those pieces together and help you, you know, so he will help you on the funnel part. He's a funnel guru. I will help you on the ad part, copy strategy, and we combine it together. So by the time a student is done, they're leaving with an ad and a funnel completed and they're ready to go. And we've had some successful clients doing some great things. Uh, so this is a done by you service or a done with you. So do they have, do, are they doing, are you telling them what to do and then they're doing it like live or y'all actually do it and they just give them the finish. All right. These are your ads. This is your funnel. Great question. Done with you. Yeah. Done with you. So we're right there live uh, as we're going. Okay. Try this, put this in there, try uh, exit, you know, adjust that copy. Sometimes we step in and, and, you know, we'll say, Hey, let me fix this for you. Let me take over the screen, adjust their funnel, adjust their ad uh, or, or their, their Facebook. Uh, We've done that many times. Um, So, but yeah, done with you. Full model. Is this in a group setting or this is like one on like just one person in the Zoom and then y'all both are going to work on a business or this is like multiple a group setting? Great question. It's in a group setting. Uh, we limit it. It's about five, five entrepreneurs tops. Um, and we do it in a group setting all day from like 10 a.m. to six. Our next one is uh, this Sunday, actually. But we do them um, about twice a month. And then the next one after that, I think, is uh, November 8th. And then we do a little webinar to kind of give people a preview of, of what what we how we do it. So definitely invite all your, your listeners and all, 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 all people connected to you to to come and check it out. How do they uh, find the link or how do they uh, join? Yeah, I'll make sure to get you the link. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, we definitely have um, a link to uh, both of those. I can get that to you. Okay, and so the listeners, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening get, listening to it on any of the audio podcast platforms, in the description below, the links will be there uh, by the time this actually airs. Um, but continue. Yeah, so so we, we just we just realized that um, a lot of people uh, don't have these pieces in place. And we said, you know what, how can we help them? You know, uh, in full transparency, my, 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 the cost to work with, with my organization is not cheap. And same for Ryan. So we wanted to find a way to uh, effectively provide value to people in a way that would um, they would learn it and also leave with something. A lot of times people go to trainings and stuff and they're still left clueless. And not only clueless, they're left without anything. And we said, no, we got to change that. 
we want people to have something, leave with something, not only leave with a, a funnel and an ad, but leave with the knowledge uh, so they can duplicate and 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 repeat the process over and over again. No, that's uh, that's powerful. Talk to me about the your social media toolkit. Yeah, so uh, everything I create stems from a gap or a problem I see, and so I, I saw that there's so many different tools out there, like plenty, like you you name it. I mean, on um, contest tools and analytics tools and marketing tools and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of tools. I believe in leverage. So tools give you leverage. And um, I couldn't find one place where they just had all the tools. Just like, what are the best? And in, in that case, free tools, right? What are the best free tools out there for people? And so I categorized it. I put them in the, the toolkit is a categorization and, and um, it has all the tools and Lead, lead generation tools, it has contest tools, engagement tools, uh, productivity tools, and it breaks down all these different tools. And from my test and, and going through them, I've, I've either purchased or if they have a full version or they have a free version that I've been using for years, um, all of them I've, I've vetted myself and I put them in and compiled and piled them into this checklist for to help people. And um that's what it is. So it's it's free. You can get that one at I know I know that one now I know that link kingdomsocialmedia.com slash toolkit. Um and you can get that one there and uh be able to to uh use the tools whenever you want. And then you had um a book that was called Faith into Abundance. Talk to me a little bit about that, which was a bestseller. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a compilation book, right? So uh, I am a Christian. And um, one of the things that uh, there's this big stipulation, like you can't be, you know, talk about faith and you can't talk about business or success or money. And um, and so this dispels that. It's this compilation book with myself and uh, 29 other successful entrepreneurs who went through and, and so here's the truth it went through trials because it doesn't come without any trials so my trial is dictated in there about just being you know being fired right no if you've never been fired listeners have you never been fired it's not a it's not a pleasant experience even if you even if you want to leave right it's just it's it's a it's a emotional emotionally um taxing situation so uh, but not only so i just di dictate this and when i got let go from corporate america um uh, i was i was generating them millions of dollars right so it's n nothing about my 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 ability to produce i don't know what what the reason was still don't, i still got love for terrorists i go no 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 hard feelings at all um and it was time for me to go but but the point is I got let go. Right. And I, it was just for spur of the moment, like, sorry, you got to go literally that day packed up my stuff and they, I was booted. And the second thing that happened two weeks later, after just getting let go, I lost and I had a business on the side. So I'm building kingdom social media on the side now. And, um, it was growing. So I was grateful for that. And I lost my biggest client in that moment. Two weeks later, lost my biggest client, just got let go. Two weeks later, just like feeling that the world just like caving in on me at that moment. 
Um, and, 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 I, and so in the book, I talk about the process, how I overcame that, how, how God got me through, how my faith in God got me through that moment. And, and, and not just that moment is something I, I rely on. Faith is being important, important, it's important to me. And it's how I get through the trials and the tribulations that are going to come and the ones that are here that I'm dealing with now. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a book that details people, how they got through trials and tribulations and how they continue to, uh, with courage and strength to, to bound through difficulty. No, nah, that's beautiful. And that kind of ties into something that you had said earlier uh, that I wanted to ask you about, but the conversation took us away from it. You were saying that your external reality were being affected as you were growing up by things that was going on internally, but you didn't know about that. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, first within, then without hmm. Yeah. So um, Steve Jobs says it. He says it's easier to connect the dots looking backwards than looking forwards. Right. So you can go and connect dots, see this to see that and and, and, and piece things together. But I couldn't see while I was in it internally. I was struggling with the fact that um, so when my, my dad and my mom divorced when I was 12. My dad left. He moved to a whole other state. And I didn't realize I was doing decent in school when he was here. But when he left, my confidence left. So I didn't realize that my confidence in myself. And it's true. And this is to the fathers listening. Fathers, you instill uh, identity into your your children. Uh, both boy and, and and girl. So that identity, my it was like somebody just took my confidence away, and so my confidence. I didn't realize it then, though. But my comp. That's why I didn't do well in school. Not that I couldn't do well in school. Obviously, to be able to crack into the system, you got to have some kind of know how, right? To to, to crack in. Yeah. So um, it wasn't a a, a, a thing of. No, not knowing how to do homework and all these things. It was a, it was a emotional thing that I was dealing with and I didn't realize. And so the internal, it affects the external. You can't, you can't fit. You trying to, so parents and uh, entrepreneurs, and this is to everybody, really, they try to fix, oh man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting sales in my business. Well, we need to fix what's inside first. It always starts inside. As much as we want to fix the thing, the thing is not going to fix itself. You need to fix you, the thing inside you, and then deal with that. So years and decades later, as I'm, I'm coming to understanding, uh, well, not, not decades, but a, 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 a considerable amount of time later, I started to understand, wow, you know what? I, I put my a whole confidence in my father. And when my father left, I, I felt I lost my confidence. I had to understand I had to deal with that issue. I had to deal with it head on and realize the internal effect of the external and not try to fix the external. A lot of us focus. How did on you go about uh, fixing it? Not to cut you off, but how yeah. did you go about, uh, cause like I was telling you, I think before we actually started recording, uh, yeah. the book that I just dropped is actually called healing in hindsight, the ultimate guide to how to wow. unpack your trauma and master self-empowerment. So I am curious as to, uh, what you actually did to get that internal alignment, right. Uh, and yeah. to stop the self-destruction because I identify with you 
um, as you were sharing your story on many levels on, uh, I mean, when I was 18 years old, a friend of mine gave me travelers checks and all that stuff like that. And I was cashing them, making a whole bunch of money, ended up catching, uh, I got charged originally with a C felony forgery mm. had no idea what that was right. the dude who got me into it was like yeah it's just a misdemeanor if you get caught no it was a c felony wow. and yeah. yes and then luckily after a year of probation i ended up getting it down to an a misdemeanor and all that but they, uh, yeah. like when i got arrested and was in a little jumpsuit and was in the court and yes. it was multiple counts they was like yo you could add 12 years i was like oh my god i was 18 exactly. uh, i had i hated my dad growing up uh, mm -hmm. i was hypersexual all these things mm -hmm. that i had to work in within myself from stuff that caused me pain when I was younger. And it's funny because we can't never really, it's hard to connect it like yes. my behavior now to something that happened so long ago. But when you can really reflect, yes. it always ties back to something that happened super young. So how did you go about actually unpacking it and then resolving it and letting the pain go? Yeah. Wow. That's powerful, Chris. Uh, we're we're like-minded and similar spirit, man. Um, so, um, what I did was, um, I honestly, I got into prayer. I, I, I went, I went, I prayed and I asked God to, like, to really help me. And I, I took a, and this is, I went on the retreat, literally a, a church retreat. I was in Sacramento and I went to this retreat and, and I had, I had learned a few lessons here at this retreat. I'll never forget. Um, I was, I was in a, I was in this retreat for three days, three days, um, uh, we called it, they call it an encounter. And I literally, I disconnected from everything, phone and this, social media wasn't what it, what it is today, but I just disconnected from every, anything. I wasn't doing anything, but like, you know, looking for answers. I was, I was asking God, I was praying. I, I spent the whole weekend in prayer and reading the Bible and, and getting clear clarity in my mind. And and from that weekend, I had, I, that's when these epiphanies started hitting me. I was 19. A lot of stuff was hitting me and I started to realize uh, 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 a few things. And one of the things was, um, if I don't, if I don't stop the pattern that I see, um, th that, that I was seeing in my bloodline from like my father and his father and, and those things, if I didn't stop the pattern, it was, I was going to perpetuate it and keep it going. So that was a wake up call. Um, and, and I started to, and I actually, I actually reached out to my dad and, and said, dad, um, and this is a lesson for some, for, for those listening. I reached out to my dad and I, I said, um, you know, I felt like you neglected us, you know? And, um, and he was like, I never neglected you, but he did. He obviously did, but he, he said he didn't. So I, in that moment here, I'm going to this retreat you know, getting to this place of renewal, restoration. And God had to show me that you can't get your um, comfort from man. You can't, you can't, like my answer wasn't when he, oh, you know what, son, I'm so sorry. Uh, that's not, that's not where my answer can be. So this is what I had to learn is that if we depend on a person or the thing before we feel fixed or th before the thing completes, then we're going to be depending on things that we can't change. And I can't change my father. I can't change how he felt about a situation. So I couldn't go to him for my resolution. But a lot of people expect, oh, this person damaged me. This person hurt me. This person, I, and you're looking to the person for the thing, but that means you can't take responsibility. So I had to learn in that moment, 
I took responsibility. It doesn't matter. And I, and I know we've all gone through hurtful things, harmful things, uh, traumatic experiences, but every traumatic thing that I've gone through, I take full ownership. Even if it's not my fault, this gives you power. So I took my power back by saying, I am in control of no matter what happened to me, I'm in control of the response to it. So when my dad shared that with me, I was hurt for sure. I realized he's hurt and he doesn't understand and he doesn't think he neglected me, but I know he did, but I forgive him anyway. And I forgave him and we have a good relationship today. And I had to realize that. So with that, that's with any relationship. I don't expect a person to change for me to get my resolution. I decide my resolution and then they decide whatever they want, whether they decide to change or not. That's not in my control. I control what I can control. And I had no, to That's powerful, that. man. And uh, it's funny because I had a similar conversation with my father. I remember I was 16 years old. And one of my uh, older male mentors was like, um, write a list of everything that he did, you know, and then just address it. And so I did. And it didn't go well, as you can imagine. Um, being older now, thinking about it, like, yo, if I got a list and I'm just coming at you like, you did this, you did this, you wasn't there for me, then you're probably just naturally going to get defensive. I know even if a person's coming at me and they're wrong, if they're just coming at me, like, yeah. I'm just naturally going to get defensive just because you're, so yeah. I, so from the ages of 16 to like 28, I, I mean, I've never, I never brought it back up to my dad. Never. Like I never had one conversation with him about it. And mm -hmm. so at the age of 28 though, which was probably three years ago, uh, we just had a conversation and I just changed my approach. So I called him and I was like, dad, do you feel like I harbor negative feelings towards you? And he was like, you know, I don't think that you harbor negative feelings. You probably just think I could have been a better dad. And I was like, well, I just want you to know that I feel that you were the best dad that you knew how to be, you know, mm -hmm. because your dad wasn't in your life at all. So he mm -hmm. gave my grandma, your mom, six kids, and then just dipped out. So when you were younger, all the pain that you seen your mom and your family go through stemmed from financial struggle. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you're like, yo, as long as I cover you financially, I'm good because I don't have no other archetype of a man that's like, yeah, I can provide for you financially, but I'm also in tune emotionally and making sure that we're connected that way. And I'm like, so I can't fault you for that because you know what you know and people don't know what they don't know. And right. my dad sat there and he was quiet for a few minutes and then he was just like, took a deep breath. And he was like, man, I can't even tell you what that feels like to me hear you say that. And without me having to say anything to him, he was literally like, man, you know what? I could have been there for you. I'm sorry. I could have been more at your track meets. I could have did, did this. I could have did that. I could have, we could have had a better relationship. I didn't have to say anything, just completely changing the approach. And now when people see me and my dad, they would have never known wow. that, you know, it was a point in time where we only spoke once a year or whatever the case may be. Um, Powerful. But that's just one of the main things that I can relate to you with when it comes to having to address something, because that was and it also ties into what you were saying, where a lot of times we try to go for symptoms instead of cure or st symptoms instead of uh, the cause or the source of something. Yes. And so I'm, you know, 
being very hypersexual and I'm being very dismissive and I'm, you know, conduct disorder. So I got a problem with every authority, whether it's cops or whether it's people at jobs or whatever it is. And I'm not realizing that all this is really stemming from me feeling rejected from my dad. All right. So let's just address that. And all these other self-destructive tendencies will probably just fall away uh, at the wayside. So I just wanted to, since you were being so transparent, just be there with you uh, for the listeners and all that stuff like that. So you're not just out here naked, (laughs) metaphorically speaking, alone. Yeah, that's powerful, 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 bro. I'm I'm, I'm so blessed by you sharing that. And uh, uh, that's that's a model that I think that uh, listeners can hear and and implement in their lives, you know, that's powerful. You, you and your dad having that relationship based on you having that foresight to learn yourself and then learn and look at it from a different perspective. Most people don't do that. So mad, mad props to you, man. Yeah. I actually had tried to come up with a whole little family tree and go up as high as possible and try to learn the psychology as much as I could of all the people that came before me that I came from. Um, and it was just interesting just finding just them generational curses, uh, curses or just like all it, it really that that exercise alone really helped me out because it helped me stop being so hard on me for some of my shortcomings. Yeah, because I'm just like, OK, this ain't just something that Chris McBride is struggling with. Right. Like, damn, my dad struggled with this. My great granddad struggled with this. My great great granddad, every meal that I can find up on this chart all struggle with this like but then it also like you said makes you be like okay i need to i can't just leave this to chance or fade or all this other stuff like that i need to figure out a way to like make this end with me so it doesn't perpetuate on to my kids and my great grandkids and everything that's going further so i commend you on doing what you have to do to unpack uh your trauma and to elevate yourself I uh, know we are coming up on the hour. We actually over the hour mark slightly. Uh, let me ask you a parting question. Yeah. Uh, so what's one thing, how long have you been an entrepreneur again? How many years? Well, well, full-time entrepreneur, five years, um, five years. Yeah. Full-time. Yep. But I'm what's uh, one thing, what's one thing that you know now, um, as a five-year vet in the game of entrepreneurship that had you would have known when you first started, uh, it would have streamlined your process or made things smoother. And then I also want to know that I see you have a wedding ring. I would like to know the same thing uh, in regards to marriage. What's one thing that you know now that had you would have known when you first got married, it would have made things smoother. Wow. Great, great, great questions. Um, So for the entrepreneur standpoint, um, I... I think understanding that you have to understand the, to create the system of the business, not the result of the business, focus on the result of the business. So let me explain that. So a lot of people, myself included, I read, I read books, but I didn't understand it. And and there's a book called um, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Which, which talks about this concept of understanding the power of systems. It's easy to understand, but it's another thing to do it. So I understood about it when I started, but I didn't implement it as well. Um, so what I mean by this is create a business that can operate without you. Even if you love to do what you, cause I love doing what I do. And I never thought I'd want to, 
um, stop doing the thing. And I don't want to stop doing the, 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 the daily grunt work and the things that we need to do, but you have to understand that things can happen. Shifts, shifts can happen in, in life. Like I had a health scare last year where it put me uh, in a position where I couldn't work. So how can the business grow if it's tied so much to me? Right. So I had to learn. I had to, but thankfully I had systems in place as I got, as I got in my understanding of entrepreneurship. So um, this is the principle. Don't focus on the, don't be focused on being in love with the thing you do in your business. Focus on loving the system that delivers the thing you love doing in your business. That's a whole different context. So focus on loving the system that delivers the value. Don't focus on the you delivering the value. So that's what I had to learn. And I would tell entrepreneurs that every day, create the system for the thing and focus on the system of the thing, not the thing. That is the key. You want the, the thing to run, the, the business to be able to run without you. Marriage-wise, um, uh, I'm blessed. I have an amazing wife. I'm so grateful for her. We've been married now eight years. Uh, she is my best friend. Um, she is, man, I, I'm so grateful. She's helped me to become who I am. She's uh, allowed me because you've got to have someone. And this is honestly one of the most important decisions an entrepreneur uh, can make is who you spend the rest of your life with and who's in your ear, especially for my, my fellas, the, the, the power and the influence of a woman is so, so strong and beyond sex. It's strong than you can imagine. So when I was going through tough times in business and I actually said, you know what? I think I need to get a job because things were tough. She said, no, what did you get in this for? You're not going back. So even when bills were due, tough was times were tough. She supported me and said, "No, you're gonna you're gonna continue in this, and you need that kind of support, someone that can believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself at a moment." So here's here's the thing I would say, marriage wise, uh, that I would uh, going back, what I would do um, if if it was my first year of marriage, the first thing I would I would really have in place, and this is gonna sound crazy but is, is um, establish a play account for your finances. My, you know, establish a, an account. I know this sounds like, what, what about marriage? Like, no, no, money is a big part of it. And so I think um, that has, that is something that I should have had for my wife and, and, and just, just for her, like, like have an account where she could just do whatever she wants. Don't don't no accountability, nothing. She just does her thing. And 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 um and you know everybody's dynamic is different. But what I'm what I'm expressing in that is um money it mirrors how you feel. It mirrors a lot of things. So if you have limitations or certain things and I'm a and know what type of so this is actually the real lesson. Understand what type of money personality you are. So I'm a, I'm a saver. She's a spender, right? Um, and spenders and savers don't usually, there's usually one or the other. Usually you don't have two savers. You don't usually have two spenders. You usually have one or the other. So whatever that bend is, if, if, if that person is a saver, create systems for that so they can see that. If that's, that person is a spender, create systems so they can have that. So that's what I would say is uh, knowing that earlier and, and put implementing that earlier would, would have been great. 
No, I definitely appreciate all the wisdom that you came up on this podcast and dropped, man. Um, so tell the people how they can uh, support uh, different endeavors that you have going on, uh, find your products, get access to your courses and classes, uh, hire you uh, if they're trying to get their you know, company ads and all that stuff like that going. Uh, yeah, just tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Absolutely. Um, so I'd start with kingdomsocialmedia.com slash toolkit. That will get you the toolkit. It'll get you on the list and we'll get you uh, updates on the different things that we have going on. You'll stay tuned with all the different uh, trainings, free trainings we have. Um, so de definitely take advantage of that. Um, I'll definitely get the links for the um, BIB webinar, the business in a box um, trainings we do. Uh, if people want to learn and learn more about that, you can go to my uh, Spotify.com um, and grab the mixtape free, the, per, the, the purpose gift tape, and then um, social media at David D. Simons, that's one M S I M O N S, uh, on all the different platforms. You can connect with me there. And um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super related, man. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Uh, it's truly a blessing. I look forward to continue to build with you, man. No problem. So thank you for coming on Rising Tide again. The purpose of Rising Tide is to educate, heal, and empower by bringing on the world's most brilliant minds and purest souls. Uh, so again, it was such a pleasure to have the Rising Tide David Simons in the building. Uh, until next time, let me stop.